Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. This morning, we're going to talk about the communion, the breaking of the body of Christ and the partaking of His blood. A lot of people have certain fears when it comes to partaking of the Lord's table. And the first question so many people ask is, uh, I hope I'm not taking damnation to myself when I partake of the body of Christ. Or do I need to go for baptism classes, first of all? Do I need to confess my sins before I partake of the Lord's body? What happens if I don't take the body or the blood worthily? What does that mean? So rather than partaking of the Lord's table, a lot of people shy away from it. But it is important that we have proper teaching on what the partaking of the Lord's table is all about. Praise the Lord. So when we take the bread, we celebrate and release faith for our healing and wholeness. When you partake of that bread you celebrate and release faith for our healing and our wholeness it is very important to know that you don't have to wait to be totally down or sick to confess your healing it's best to begin to confess your healing even before the sicknesses or the symptoms show up why? Because at that time, your mind has become one with the word and there is a unity of idea between your head, your spirit, your soul, and the word of God. The best time to prepare for a challenge is not when you are in the challenge, but before the challenge. When you prepare for war, you don't prepare for war in the battlefield. You prepare for war before the battlefield. But the accumulation of your confession over the years is going ahead of you and paving the way for the health that you should enjoy when you are 70, when you are 80, when you are 90. It begins from today. So that is why it is important for everyone to learn how to confess the word of God. In fact, to back up to that scripture or to back up to that conversation of what I shared, what I just said right now, let me show you a scripture. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. If you have the message version, first Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. I shared the scripture with audacity yesterday. Look at it, it says, I'm passing this work on to you, my son Timothy, the prophetic word that was directed to you prepared us for this all those prayers are coming together now so you will do this well fearless in your struggle so the importance of speaking the importance of praying the importance of confession it goes ahead of you to prepare you for when the challenges really come a man who has accumulated confessions is a man who is likely going to stand when the battle show up so that is why it is important that you don't need to confess your healing only when you are sick. But you need to confess your wholeness and your health 
even in the time of wellness. Can I get an amen? amen. So, when we drink the blood, we remember we have not just been forgiven, but been made righteous. So, the blood that we partake of is a reminder that we are righteous by faith and we have been forgiven. There's so many things that happen uh, to the individual who has put faith in Christ. And the first thing is that he has received forgiveness of sins. But not only have you received forgiveness of sins, you have also been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And what that means is you're not just a pardoned sinner, but you are declared righteous. You are declared not guilty. You are declared as if you never committed the offense before. And that's the power of the blood. In the Old Testament, the blood could only atone for the sins of the children of Israel. And when I say atone, I mean that the blood only covers. It only covers. But in the New Testament, it doesn't just atone in the sense of covering only. But it washes away, it blots out. If you understand the manner of God or the mannerism of God, God is the type who likes to use the flooding system to deal with issues. When he sees that the creation he made was um, misbehaving and there was wickedness abounding in the world, what did he do? Flooding technique. He flooded the entire world and made sure that the world was swept with water and there was a rebooting of the earth. And that's the same way when you look at when he's dealing with the children of Israel, I mean the Egyptians who are after the children of Israel, the Egyptians behind them and the Red Sea in front of them, he still uses the swallowing flooding technique to swallow the Egyptians. So God is in the business of flooding what he hates. I don't like what I don't like, says God. He likes to flood the things that trouble or the things that stand. There's also a scripture that says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God will lift up a standard. You quoted that scripture wrongly. The true interpretation or rendition of that scripture says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God will lift a standard. The enemy is not the one coming like a flood. It was the spirit of God who like a flood, a standard was lifted for you. So that's how that scripture is quoted. When the enemy comes in to your life like a flood, the spirit of God will lift up a standard against the enemy. So there is no enemy that stands in front of you that God doesn't have a flooding solution for. So when it comes to the dealing uh, with your sins and how he, he deals with your sins, he doesn't just atone with the sprinkling of minor, minor chicken bull goat blood here and there he uses the blood of jesus to flood the sin of mankind so like a flood the spirit of god will lift up a standard so god is in the flooding business and that's why it's important that we must partake of the communion so two things that i have said today the first one is that when you take of the bread the bread speaks of your wholeness and your healing can we say that together the bread speaks of my wholeness and my healing that's not all of us
Can we say that one more time? The bread speaks of my wholeness and my healing. Okay, I'm going to explain certain things. Uh, but, but before I do that, let's make confession for the blood. The blood speaks of the forgiveness of sins. Do we understand that? All right. Now, the lamp, which is the sacrifice, is where the inheritance is. Now, you see this table that is set, the Lord's Supper that is set here. That's not where your healing is. Your healing is not in inside of that. Your healing is not inside of what you're drinking. Your healing is inside of the cross or it is predicated on the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because this is not the literal body of Christ. Neither is this the literal blood of Jesus Christ. But when it comes to worship, worship is the conduit. Worship is the connection between the inheritance and the worshiper. So when we say worship, we are saying that you have become a partaker of what is already found in the cross. That's what worship means. Worship is not just a song. Can I say that again? Worship is not what? Just a song. Worship is the priestly duty of every believer. I call it the priestly duty. And of course we know there are many tool sets for worship. There are many things that we do and we call them worship. You can write this down. One of it is what you call um, supplication. Another is what you call praise. That's worship. Another is what you call communion. That's worship. Another is what you call thanksgiving. That's worship. Another is what you call rejoicing. When you rejoice, you're worshiping. That's worship. Sharing the word of God. Looking into the scripture. That's worship. Prayer. Have I mentioned prayer? Prayer. That's worship. Blessing. That's worship. So we have praise, blessing, communion, thanksgiving, prayer, supplication, rejoicing, sharing the word. All this is worship. Worship helps you receive what has been provided by the sacrifice. That's what worship is. It brings you into connection with the sacrifice. That you are not isolated from the sacrifice. And these are priestly duties or priestly responsibilities of the believer. So it is important, however, that you must understand the place of your worship, which means that you are connecting to what has been provided by the cross. In the Old Testament, when the high priest was about to slay the lamb, the person who brought the lamb had to be present to witness what was going on. Because he would need to see, he would need to smell he would need to see the lamb that was being sacrificed on his behalf. The person who presented the lamb will have to smell the roasting of the lamb. The person who brought the lamb has to see the blood flowing 
while the priest will cut the, note, uh, the, the, the throat of the lamb. He has to also see how they are putting everything in the fire. He has to witness it. And if you look at what I'm saying here, I'm saying seeing and I'm saying smelling. It means that your senses are immersed in the whole process of what we call worship. That you have to engage your senses or your consciousness to be a partaker of what the lamb has already provided. So, man is a trapezoid being, he's spirit, he has a body, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. Because you are always distracted many times, you don't remember the sensitivity of what your spirit really is. When I mean the sensitivity of what your spirit really is, I mean the oneness of your spirit with Christ. So we need certain practices to bring to our consciousness who we already are in Christ. And that's why we come to church, to hear the word of God, to point us back to what Christ has done. That's why we do fellowship. That's why we take the communion. The communion is not a replacement for the act on the cross. But the communion only reminds you of what the cross has already done. Because you are interfacing with um, the world and your senses can be carried away by what the world is on the outside, the external. But you need to refocus your eyes, refocus your hearing. Refocus your smelling, refocus everything, your senses, your feelings. You need to bring them back in touch with what the Lamb has already done. And this is why it's important to always come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday to hear the word. Because the world is toxic and you need to keep yourself constantly in the atmosphere of God's word. Because you need to order your soul and order your spirit. There's something you probably don't know. There is something here in the word every time, even though you feel it's normal, does to you. What it does to you is it keeps your spirit in the track that you should be. And because it is effortless, you don't see the effort in it and you think it's not necessary. Now, I tell you something, right? That if you did not hear the word throughout last year, which was the pandemic year, you probably would have been one of the most disturbed person or one of the most fearful person or one of the most boggled person in the mind but you see the place of the word helps you to channel your mind it keeps your mind right on track and that's why you must keep doing it nobody wakes up one day and says i'm tired of food i'm tired of eating because i ate yesterday there's no need to eat today you see that seamless eating what it does to your body is it constantly replenish your body it constantly replenishes your cells, your body tissues, your blood. It replenishes everything. But you see your spirit, you need to pay attention to your spirit. Because your spirit is the most dominant part of the new creation. You're not a human being having spiritual experiences. You're a spirit being having human experiences. Do you understand that? So you must pay attention to your spirit. So because of the distractions in the world, 
the awareness of who you are in Christ many times will be fluctuating. Today you might be with a strong sense of awareness of who you are in Christ. And then tomorrow, you wake up and it feels like you've forgotten everything you are in Christ. In fact, sometimes you wake up and you're just angry for no reason. Or sometimes you wake up and you're just discouraged for no reason. You're just sad for no reason. Sometimes you wake up and you're down. So what do you do? You engage the priestly tool set, which is called worship. Because worship is the transfer, right? Is the conduit between the worshiper and the inheritance. Do you understand this? Satan said to Jesus one time, he said, You see all this glory that is here? I'm going to give you. He showed him the beauties. Showed Jesus the beauties of all the glories and all the blessings and everything. And he said to Jesus that if you will worship and bow down before me, I will give it to you. I know you missed that. He said, if you worship, I will give. So that means worship is how you take. Now, if Satan was wrong, Jesus would have said, you don't take these things by worshiping. But he rechanneled who the worship should be for. By saying, no, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. So what that means to you is that when you worship inheritances, the glories, they come to you. Do you get that? So worship is how you take of what has been given to you. Are you healed? Yes, you are healed. Yeah, I've heard a lot of theology about the communion. Some say because it's a physical thing, it, it, physical things are not meant to translate spiritual essence. I'm not preaching that your healing is in what you're drinking. But I'm preaching that when you do this, you do this in remembrance of him so that when you remember and you are conscious of what Christ has done, faith is released in the practice of this and that's how you get your healing. And also, you cannot limit how God works because if you see how there was healing in the New Testament, sometimes it was from the aprons of the apostles. They picked up aprons and laid on the sick and the sick recovered. He said, if anyone is sick, let the, the elders lay hands on them and they shall recover. You see the meaning of that word recover? Recover means sometimes a gradual, say recover. So the fact that you are recovering doesn't mean you're not healed. He said, anyone who lays hands on the sick, he shall recover. I've been praying, pastor. I've been praying, praying, praying. You are recovering. <laughs> I've been believing God. I've been fasting. I've taken communion. I've fasted. I've, I've laid, they laid hands on me, laid legs on me, laid body on me, everything. I've, but pastor, look at me today. I'm not, I'm not healed. No, you are already healed in Christ. But these practices engage your consciousness. So why do you study your Bible if it is all in your spirit? <laughs> why do you have to read the Bible if it's all in your spirit? Why do you have to practice fellowship 
which is a physical endeavor if it is all in your spirit. So there are certain practices which are practices by a priest that is done so that you can engage your consciousness to receive what the lamb has already provided. So when I, take, when I partake of the Lord's table, I remember, oh, he has forgiven me. Oh, I'm righteous. When I partake of the bread, I remember, oh, his body was broken for me. And I'm the healed of God. People who partake of the Lord's table, I found out that the consciousness of this practice keeps them away from sickness. It does. It does. Now, if you span through the next few years, you will find out that your consciousness has become so strong when it comes to the place of your healing. That your spirit is ready to react when a symptom comes. Your spirit is ready to give a word when the symptom of headache and anything comes to you. Now, I always tell you, I said, look, don't toy with sickness. Don't treat stomach pain differently from the way you treat a slight headache. The same vigor with which you resist the stomach pain is the same vigor you resist the slight headache. Why? Because the one who brought both of them is the same person. <laughs> and the ultimate where he is going is death. So whether it came with a flu, you will attack the flu vehemently. You, see, you have to engage priestly practice. There are many things. I just listed them to you. The tools of the priest, which is what we call worship. Rejoicing. If you don't feel like one, do the other. Because there's no pressure. It's not every time. You know, if, if, if you don't feel like praying, rejoice. Because when you are rejoicing, you are activating a priestly tool of the skill set that has been provided for you. So what prayer can give you at that time, if your spirit is leading you to rejoice, you can also receive what you could have received by prayer by rejoicing. So you rejoice. If you're not rejoicing, make sure you're giving thanks. If you're not giving thanks, make sure you are supplicating. If you're not supplicating, make sure you are giving. You, are, you look for a seed, you just send a seed. Oh, I don't have time to pray right now, I'm busy. Just send a seed. Your seed has gone ahead, it is worship, it is worship. So, your worship, which is your sacrifice, does not replace the price. The price is the ultimate price. You see all these people who say, we have paid the price. You paid no price, sir. You can't pay the price. <laughs> you're not even, you're not rich to pay the price. I paid my price. I, we only make sacrifices, we don't pay the price. We don't pay the price, but we pay attention to the price. We look at the price that was paid. 
We engage our consciousness and that's how we receive what we already have. So that's the power of confession. Somebody's asking, why would you confess? Why do you open your mouth to confess? The Bible says that with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto what? Salvation. Now, hear this. Your salvation is not just speaking of what you already are in the spirit or in your position, but it's speaking about your experience. That you talk your way from your position to your experience. So that's the power of confession. If it is awkward for you to confess, I'm the healed of God, I'm blessed, I'm not poor, I'm rich. The lines are falling onto me in pleasant places when you are in problem or when you need to or when it's, a, it's supposed to be a practice, you better change and make that a practice because it's a priestly duty. It's a priestly duty to learn how to speak, to learn how to talk to yourself, to learn how to admonish your heart because your heart needs to be in connection with the price that has been paid. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's no pressure to do any of the priestly tool skill set that you have. If you look at Jesus, how did Jesus receive? Jesus was on the mountain and he was praying. He was praying. In fact, the pattern for this thing is that you make sacrifices on the mountain under the cloud. You make sacrifices on the mountain under the cloud. The cloud is where the affirmation of the love of God comes from. But the sacrifice is what is made on the mountain. So Jesus was praying on the mountain and then that is sacrifice. That is reasonable service. But there was a cloud that appeared. And the Bible says that from that cloud a voice came and spoke, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So service or sacrifice on any mountain if you will must be done under the consciousness of the love of the Father. So your service has to be not from pressure or from pain. If you are serving or you are in any position to serve and it feels like you are being pressured too, it's because you are not under the cloud. The cloud is supposed to be that comfort that makes you know you are loved by your Father and it is the basis for your service which is on top of the mountain. That's the experience of Jesus. So if you look at the, um, the elements of the Lord's Supper, which is the blood, and then you have the bread. Let's look at the bread. The bread is a symbol of what Jesus' Jesus's body signifies. It was a flat bread eaten during the Passover. It was unleavened, it was baked, it was pierced with holes, and it was striped. Now, this is how the Jews celebrated the Passover. The celebration of the Passover was looking back to how God delivered them from Egypt and brought them into the promised land. That's how the Jews celebrated the Passover. But today, the church doesn't celebrate Passover. The Passover has transcended from Passover 
to the Lord's Supper, of which we have the celebration of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first Passover, which was in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Let's see Exodus chapter 12, verse, verse, in fact, let's start from verse 8. Exodus chapter 12 from verse 8. It says, Then they ate, or then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire. Somebody say roasted in fire. With what? Unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Next verse. Do not eat it what? Raw nor boiled at all with water, but what? Roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. Hmm. You shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Next verse. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet. And your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's what? Passover. Next verse. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Next verse. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment I am the Lord. Now verse 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will what? Pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So the blood of Jesus is your Passover. Are you getting that? The blood of Jesus is your Passover. We have passed from sin into righteousness. We have passed from death into life. Somebody say amen. amen. First Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. I'll come back to all those things where it says that the body or the bread was unleavened, baked, striped, and broken. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 26. It says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us see the message version, if you will, of that same verse 26. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. You must never let familiarity breed contempt. Do you understand that? So, when you take of the Lord's table or you partake, you are actually speaking words and making actions over the death and the burial of the Lord Jesus Christ. You do proclaim the Lord's death. And when you proclaim the Lord's death, what are you doing? You are reminding the devil what the blood of Jesus means to him. And you're also reminding you what the blood of Jesus means to you. So you proclaim the Lord's death when you partake of the Lord's Supper. What does it mean to 
partake unworthily. So let's keep reading with the King James Version back. Verse 27. Or let's start from verse 20. Let's start from verse 20. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Right? Next verse. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. That means that the Lord's Supper was a, a it was an alcoholic drink. <laughs> but you see, when the people came together, greed would not allow them. So because it was alcoholic, some people took more and left others. Now, I hope you know that the, the writing of First Corinthians was a response to the questions that they asked Paul and then he was rebuking the Corinthian church and addressing their questions. So this was a report he got that as the table is set now, there are some people who didn't eat at home. <laughs> they would take everything because it's literal bread. They would take everything and leave nothing for people who, who don't have. So Paul is saying, before you come, make sure you eat in your house. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he was saying. Before you come to church, make sure you eat in your house. This is not food. This is a practice. Praise God. There was a day I was in a program with my brother. I always share this. And the way they did their Lord's Supper was that they would take the whole loaf of bread and pass it around. So people were caught by themselves. Do you understand? People were caught by themselves. Then the, the pastor would take it, cut small. So it is now based on the discretion <laughs> of the people who are cutting. <laughs> so me and uh, Nate were sitting together. Me and Nate were sitting together. So I sat down here. Nate sat down here. The pastor was coming from there. He gave small. Everybody was cutting small, small, cutting small, small. When he got to Nate, the way Nate. <laughs> guy, I can't forget that day. The way this guy. And see me next though. He wanted to spoil my chances. <laughs> You know when you eat the middle of bread and you leave the walls? <laughs> That's what this guy did. He just dipped the middle, took a chunk. The pastor moved. He looked at it. He looked back. <laughs> because he can't say, give me back. You understand? He can't say, give me back. He just told him, say, share it with everybody who is there. <laughs> so everybody started going to meet Nato to... To cut small, small from the Lord's supper. If you're hungry, eat at home. So, what other people were doing is that they were, uh, they were, they were also getting drunk with the Lord's supper, right? They were getting drunk with the Lord's supper, and that's that's not what it was supposed to be. So, look at the next verse. What? This is what Paul is saying. He says, "Am I hearing correctly? Are you people actually getting drunk in church?" Are you guys eating the Lord's Supper without even... It's not food. It's, it's not... So he's saying, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you in this one. I do not praise you in this one. Next verse. 
For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now, this is Jesus before he died. He took bread. Next verse. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body. But he had not died. And he took the bread and said, This is my body. So which, which one is the body now? The body was saying, This is my body. So I'm going to show you that it is about discerning what you are eating that makes it powerful. Do you understand that? So he broke it and said, take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance. Somebody say remembrance. remembrance. Say it loud. Say in remembrance. remembrance. Okay, so like I said, the priestly practices of worship is to bring you to what? Remembrance. Your consciousness. It is a releasing of your faith that connects you to what you already have in the sacrifice. Next verse, verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. One of the ways where you consecrate an environment, just break bread. You see the brief deed. Now, when you break bread in that place, you are proclaiming the Lord's death in that environment. Any voice that is prevailing there has to listen to the prevailing voice which is coming from the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus speaks. The blood of Jesus speaks. The blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Yeah, so. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty. Now, this is why a lot of people run away from, say, ha, pastor. While, if I, while the, the, the deacons are pass, passing the, the tray, because of this scripture, some people, because they don't want any problem. They don't want to be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. You know what it means to be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord? <laughs> blood of the Lord. <laughs> Next verse. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink. Now, go back to verse 27. Let me show you this. Verse 27. It says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. The Bible did not say you are unworthy. The Bible is talking about the manner. It's not talking about the person. Talk to me somebody. You have to look at the scripture. Because before you got to this verse, you saw where people were getting drunk and people were, instead of eating in their houses, finishing the entire bread, like Nate, finishing the entire bread, right? Thank God uh, what we have done is we found a way to chop it small, small. So everybody has equal bread. <laughs> Equal body of Christ and equal blood of, of, of the Lord. Praise God. There's no cheating in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You want to snap? Snap where? No problem. I'll wait for you until you finish. This picture must not go out. To... <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, the Bible did not say you are unworthy. 
God, if I'm unworthy, search in me any portion of unworthiness so that I can partake of this blood and this bread. That's not what the scripture is saying. The scripture is talking about the manner. The manner. Except you came here to get drunk. This thing is not for you. If you came here to eat more than, do you understand, if you want to have lunch on this, this is not for you. So that's the manner that the Bible was talking about. You know, if we read the Bible, we would deliver ourselves from less complications. Just read the Bible and you would understand the Bible. So it's not talking about you. You are not, you, you are not on what you are a saint. You are the saint of the living God. Now, if you take this blood, does it make you righteous by taking the blood? No. But you remember that you are righteous. Oh, thank you, Lord, for making me righteous. And then you move forward. Because I am righteous, the, the covenant and the will of the New Testament applies to me. There is healing for me. There is prosperity for me. There is deliverance for me. There is wholeness for me. Nothing missing, nothing wanting, nothing broken in my life. And then you begin to declare that from the standpoint, amen, from the standpoint of what the blood has already said for you. That's the meaning of the standpoint church. It's not to stand on point. Standpoint church means perspective. Standpoint means a perspective. It means a view. How do you see things? So the way you should see your life is how God sees Christ. So I see myself based on who Christ is. So who Christ is is who I am. Who Christ is not, I am not. Not because I didn't go through it. So the failure you went through is an event, not a person. Disappointment is an event, not a person. I am all God says I am. So you now begin to reenact. You bring back the memories. You, you, you make the devil shudder by breaking bread. So make it a, a practice. So don't wait for pastor. Now, again, you know why? Because you and I have become priests. For he has made unto, uh, unto God, he has made us unto God kings and priests. So you can do this in your homes. You don't have to wait for any priest or pastor to do it for you. Revelations 5.10, for those who don't believe that they are kings and priests, then come back to the scripture. Revelations 5.10. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. It's talking about here. It's not saying when you get to heaven, you become a priest. So we don't have any high priest in heaven anymore. I mean, on earth anymore. We have only one high priest, and that high priest is Jesus, who is in heaven. But every believer has become a priest. So the priest is not just only one person. It's not, it's not an exclusive reserve of one person. Priesthood. Priesthood is not the same thing as pastor. Oh, I don't know if I should go into this now. I've entered into this water. But if I'm going to deep, bring me out. Priesthood is not the same thing as pastor. Pastor is an election that is called to govern a local assembly in the body of Christ. So not everybody is called a pastor. Not everybody is called to be an evangelist. Even though the Bible says do the work of an evangelist. 
Not everybody is called as a prophet, but everybody is a priest. Why is everybody a priest? Because what the priest does is that he has to make atonement for himself and for the people before in the Old Testament. But now that Jesus has died and has opened the veil, because when he died on the cross, that veil was torn into two from top to bottom. So everybody now, the scripture says, come boldly to everybody now. Not just a priest who could only go on behalf of the people. But now everybody is to come boldly because the veil has been torn. So priesthood has to do with your worship. So worship is not for only pastors. Worship is not for only prophets. But every priest, say I'm a priest. Every priest is meant to be a worshiper. What are the two sets of worship? Just list them out at random. What did we talk about? Rejoicing, supplication, prayer, fasting, the communion, giving, thanksgiving, sharing the word. These are your priestly. So when we, say, when we come together to church and we say, let us lift up our hands and bless the name of God. That's a priestly duty. That's a priestly responsibility. You're in your workplace and you begin to pray in tongues. You're just blessing God. The Bible says, he who prays in an unknown tongue, even though people cannot say amen because they don't understand what he's saying, but the Bible says he gives thanks well. So it means that when you are praying in the Holy Spirit, you are actually giving thanks to God. So if you're in your office, you can pray and mumble it under your breath. You're praying in tongues. You are actually expressing your priestly duty. So because you don't know you are a priest, you don't, you don't offer duties. Every priest in the Old Testament must wake up in the morning and burn the candle. In the Old Testament, every priest must do it. If you are a Levite, if you are called a Levite, you must. You must wake up in the morning, burn that candle, offer sacrifice, burn incense, which is before the veil, take the incense with the blood into the Holy of Holies. Every priest must do it. But now you are priest. So when you wake up in the morning, there are, there are responsibilities. But like I said to you, this responsibility is not the price. But it's the price that makes you do this sacrifice. It's the price that makes you do these responsibilities. So you wake up in the morning and you offer your priestly duties. God is pleased by it. He's pleased by hearing your praise. He's pleased by hearing your songs. He's pleased by hearing your thanksgiving. He's pleased by your prayer, by your supplication. He's pleased by your giving in church. He's pleased by your thanksgiving in church. He's pleased by your prayer and fastings in church. Read the New Testament. The, the New Testament says that when they, they fasted and ministered unto the Lord. Meaning that fasting is to minister unto the Lord. You're not fasting to get power. You already have power. You're not fasting for power. Let's go to that mountain. It's time to receive power. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good. The Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God descended on them and you shall receive what? Power. Have you received it or not? He said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Has the Holy Ghost come upon you? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Then you have power. But do, how do you now activate the power in you? 
See Ephesians chapter 1. Very quickly. Ephesians chapter 1. From verse 15 or 16. Move to verse 16. Do not cease to give thanks to you making mention of you in my prayer. Next verse. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Then look at verse 18. Now, that the eyes of what? Your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That is, you will come to know what he hoped for when he called you. You will come to know what God saw when he called you. Because a lot of us don't know what he saw. So Paul puts it this way. I apprehend that which I was apprehended for. And pressing for what he called me to press for. That's what he's saying. And he says, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints? That your eyes be opened. Then what's the next verse? And what is what? The exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. According to the working of the mighty power. So the power of God is in you already, but your eyes need to be opened. Now, how do you open your eyes? You see that priestly duty? It opens your eyes to see that you have power. The confession of the word. Prayer. So prayer is not what produces the power. Prayer is what releases the power. Fasting is not what produces the power. Fasting will release the power. Giving is not what produces the power. It will release the power. Communion will release the healing. You already have it, but it releases it because your faith is released. Your consciousness is stirred up. So it's important. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the Bible says that this bread was roasted. It was pierced. If you go back to that verse in Exodus, it says, don't eat the body raw. What that means is, don't partake of the raw Jesus but you partake of the Jesus that was crucified on the cross. You partake of that one who hung on the cross to bring about your wholeness and your healing. I want to pray for everybody who is here that sickness, sickness is a bad thing. Sickness will not overtake you. Okay? Now, God has called you to do many things, but you need health to do it. You need to be in good body. Your body needs to be well. Good dieting is good though. Exercise is good. But don't put your faith there. Put your faith on what Christ has done. Am I saying don't exercise? Do exercise. Am I saying don't take medication? Take your medications. But make sure that your faith is on what Christ has done. They asked the pastor in Ghana, If you have faith, why did you take the vaccine? The pastor said, I took the vaccine because I have faith. (laughs) He said, you didn't take it because you don't have faith. You feel it will kill you. (laughs) He said, I took it because I have faith. It's the same Timothy. See, let's not mumble the scriptures up. It's the same Paul who told Timothy, take a little something, wine, for your stomach is good for digestion. In fact, the way Paul said it, he said, use a little wine. He didn't say drink. He said, use. Say amen, somebody. Say amen, somebody. Say amen, somebody. Say amen, somebody. He said, use. He didn't say drink. So it's not a satisfaction matter. 
let us drink and go there. There's nowhere you are going. <laughs> he said, use a little alcohol for digestion. You know, as I've said this thing now, I've given some people impetus for action. <laughs> the pastor said we should use it. He didn't tell us how to use it, but we are using it. He said, Pastor, what are we, what are, so maybe I come to your house and what are you doing? <laughs> we are using what you asked us to use. My brother, please use communion. Amen. As after a hot message, one of my brothers wanted to give me something that would disgrace my anointing. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to fall his hand now because he fell my hand, you know, but I'll just let it pass. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, when you serve a pastor beer, there's an expectation for the pastor to follow suit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't try to explain or interpret the story. Just leave it. Let it pass. A lot of people are saying, what is pastor saying? Did he go to drink? Did he go somewhere to drink? Pastor didn't go anywhere to drink. I'm just joking. Amen. So do we understand? I'm not joking. Do, do we understand? Do we understand? Do we understand the message today? The lamb is where the inheritance is, but the worship is what connects you to the inheritance. Your worship is your praise. Your worship is communion. Your worship is your thanksgiving. Your worship is your supplication. Is your prayer. That's is your giving. That's what connects you to the inheritance. Praise the Lord. So my prayer for you is that you will stand strong and healthy. You will not be 60 and be in crutches. That's not it. No. I saw an 80 year old woman standing strong in being. We call her Mama Coco. Now she's about 87. She's not bent over. She's not bent. She's not feeble. She's strong. Some of us at 32, you are already dragging your feet. What is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom? Part of it is strength. Do you know Jesus needed a healthy body to do what he did? Jesus. Because to die on that cross, you must be physically fit. Are you joking? To die on that cross and to be able to articulate your mind and say, Father, it is finished. <laughs> Some of us are going through pain. Can you think about talking to your father? Ah, that's all you are saying. But for Jesus to bring his mind together and say, into your spirit or into your hands, I commit. He's saying things that make sense in pain. You have to be fit. <laughs> you have to be fit. You're not going to be a weakling. That is when you get old, you will be strong. But you must make it a practice. Practice the Lord's table. Practice it at home. You're not, you're not a weakling. Sickness, far from you. The Bible says that, it says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Then it now says you shall be far from oppressions. You, oppression. Oppression fears you. You don't fear oppression. Sickness, when he, he, he comes, he knows, I said this one, even if we try small headache, the way she will fight us as if it's cancer, I bet let's leave her. That's the attitude you should have. Be, be aggressive about any symptom you feel. Speak it and you dislodge it quick before it begins to settle. Flies only perch on what is cold. Flies cannot perch on what is hot. If you are a quiet, you see, you don't, you, words is how you activate in the kingdom. Words. 
with the heart one believes unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made use your mouth your mouth is not just for eating bread and butter your mouth is for creating your mouth is for talking your mouth is for redirecting your life you feel a sharpening in your back hey instead of saying hey see this pain no hey god this is painful i rebuke you in the name of jesus even if you still feel the pain just say it i rebuke you in the name of jesus you still feel the pain say it because you lay hands on the sick the sick shall recover your recovery process is on so i'm prophesying to every woman here no cancer in your body no fibroid in your body today is mother's day right you will deliver like the hebrew women right when it's time for your delivery yours yours will be unique assisted by the angels of god no sickness in your body no breast cancers no brain tumors no fibroids no ulcers we come against future sicknesses to every man who is here we come against every future sickness you will not be feeble no you will not be i realized that paul the apostle will trek from state to state there were no cars even jesus he will trek from from galilee to caesarea philippi to go and retreat with the disciples come back and do mission work have i taught you about the 24 itinerary of jesus before i did on one wednesday the 24 hour itinerary of jesus how that he woke up early in the morning, saw a crowd, he blessed them, moved across to another state just for one man who was demon oppressed. And while he was crossing, there was a boisterous wind. Spoke to the wind, spoke to that man, delivered the man, went back to where he was coming from and he kept on healing. He was tired, but he kept on praying for people. No diminishing return. Your office cannot be stressing your body, breaking down every time, breaking down. You say, Pastor, I break down every month. It's a custom. Oh, it's a custom now. Oh, Pastor, I used to have, I have all the time. I have one headache that comes. It comes periodically. Oh, you have it? I didn't know you have it. Too. Oh, you ha it's now your own. You bought it. It's not your headache. Whatever Jesus didn't buy, it's not yours. Whatever the blood did not pay for, don't accept it. It's not yours. It doesn't matter how long it's been there recovery recovery just be talking just be talking just be talking just be speaking just be speaking be declaring it there's recovery your father was hypertensive mother was hypertensive your sister is already showing signs of hypertension and you are afraid what happens in the next future i'm also going to become hypertensive should i tell you be strong now when you are well be strong in your confessions today prepare for battles because in your subconscious what will rise and fight is what you have fed your mind with you won't know when something will rise from, from inside and say to yourself healing is the children's bread I can't be sick from hospital bed you will shout it I'm the healed of God no sickness can stay in this body so you need to begin to learn how to speak and declare over your body because you need this body to fulfill purpose praise God somebody are you blessed this morning now I want to give you a few minutes to speak to your body right begin to declare to your body speak to every organ your heart your liver 
your kidneys, your mind, your brains, your blood vessels. You are the healed of God. 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 I'm the healed of God. My children are whole. No sickness shall befall my children. No sickness shall befall my wife. No sickness shall befall my son. No sickness shall befall my husband. No sickness shall befall my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, my church. No sickness. I'm the healed of God. I'm the healed of God. There is healing in my body. Healing in my body. Wholeness 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 in my body. Pastors, please come. Yes. You know what Jesus said to that woman? In, in the name of Jesus, we pray. You know what Jesus said to that woman who was bent over? He looked at the woman. He said, ought not this woman being the daughter of Abraham? Whom Satan had bound for many years. Be loosed, ought not. You know the meaning of ought not? It is supposed, shouldn't it be? That's the meaning of ought not. Shouldn't it be? Ought not. Shouldn't it be? This woman, being the daughter of Abraham. Say, are you not the daughter of Abraham? Why are you bent over? We're speaking covenant terms. Daughter of Abraham. It means those ones who are called the children of Abraham cannot be sick. That's why it says healing is the children's bread. The Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus and said, please give me. He called the woman dog. He rightfully called her dog because the Israelites call people who are not a part of the covenant dogs. Right? So, the woman said, but even the little crumbs, Kai, that falls down from the master's plate, the dogs eat. He looked at this woman. He said, this woman has bought into redemption plan. That this thing that was meant for the Jews before, because Jesus was in the lineage of Judah. He's a Jew. But redemption was going to go through the sons and daughters who are Gentiles. He said, Christ has redeemed, redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having been made a curse for us, that the blessings of Abraham might rest upon us, the Gentiles. The blessings of Abraham will rest upon the Gentiles. So she said that even dogs eat the little crumbs. Because what is in the whole bread is in the crumb. The woman got the revelation. That woman got her healing that day. She got it that day. Expectation. Don't play with expectation. That's why when people come to church and they have expected today. I'm in service today. I praise. I worship. I hear the word. I will get my healing. You will get it all. You are not here to look at faces. You will get it. He said, Lord, I believe you for what I want you to do in two weeks. And you are serious about it. You come with everything Pastor Victor is saying, everything the um, uh, audacity is saying, everything the pastor says makes sense to you. You are receiving it. You are not just here to enjoy the word. How was the word? Oh, the word was beautiful. It was beautiful. What did the word mean to you? No expectation. 
church today is filled with just want to enjoy the word I'm here to let you know that sickness will be far from you do you understand what I'm saying sickness far 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 when men will say there is a casting down you you are the lifter of the hands of men no sickness in your family in fact you are ending the chain I, I just heard God say that there's somebody around here I just heard God say that you are ending the chain of familial sickness and disease. It, it stops with you. It stops with you. I don't know who you are. Just take that word. It's you. Covenant. Ought not. You cannot be sick. Please hear this. Don't use your experience to challenge the word of God. Say, Pastor, I've been sick for a long time. That's your experience. Doesn't mean the Bible is not true. But use the Bible, use your position in Christ to challenge your experience all the time. Flip it the other way. Oh, I know of a man who confessed, 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 he still died. I know of a man who confessed, confessed, and he got healed. Choose the one you want to look at. Choose what you want to look at. Don't be distracted. Speak the one that concerns you. Declare the one that is for you. And take that one because that's yours. That's yours. I don't care how long it has been. You saw that man Jesus healed? That man who was lame from his mother's womb? The Bible says the man began to walk. You know what it means to begin to walk? When you have never walked? Which baby begins to well, the assumption? Just stand up and just begin to walk. My last sister, Dami, she started to walk at the age of eight months. Is it eight months or seven months? About eight months. My dad said to me last week, he never saw her crawl. But her restlessness is not on this level. She's gingered. She's been walking like that since she was a child. But you see that man, Jesus speaked. He had to learn. He, he didn't learn how to walk. He just started walking. That's supernatural. Don't try to use people's experience to define your own experience. You take the word of God at surface level. Archbishop said, did God say, I can raise the dead? The pastor said, yes. He asked the pastor, have you raised the dead? The pastor said, no. He said, can I do it? The pastor, thank God for the pastor. The pastor said, yes, you can. The man started knocking at doors in Benin. Looking, is there any dead person here? <laughs> Imagine someone knocks at your door and says, is there any, do you have any dead in your house? He now found one. He looked, surface value. That is, you take the word at surface level. As the word is, is the way you are taking it. You are not looking for the Greek his stripes I am healed finish it's enough for me did he have stripes that's why I, I, I shared with you that the bread was it was instructed that it must be striped prophesying of the stripes of Jesus that bread must be baked prophesying of the roasting of Jesus on the cross because he took the judgment of the father that bread must have holes inside of it there was a soldier who pierced Jesus when he died. He had a hole. 
He had holes in his hands. So Jesus was the body that we're partaking of. So by his stripes, I am healed. That's all I need. Anybody who is sick here, you are healed. Can you be up on your feet and just worship the Lord? Please, let's share. Lift your two hands and just give him worship. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.